3: welcome into the chgo blackhawks podcast presented by points bet use promo code chgo when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars happy wednesday i'm jay Zawaski with greg boyson and mario Tiribasi. and if you're watching us on youtube and you should be we are joined in studio by brand new chicago wolves head coach brock sheehan brock thanks for being here again last time we saw you you were the coach of the steel Next time we see you, you'll be the coach of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. So uh, congratulations, and uh, welcome back. It's good to have you.
1: Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me again. I, I don't know about that, but, uh, yeah, I know, very excited to be a part of uh, the Wolves and uh, the Hurricanes organizations.
2: We'll let you get settled into the Wolves job first before we look uh, look at any 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 further ahead there. But, um, yeah, I guess jumping right into it, what has this uh, transition kind of been like for you, going from the, the Steel to the Wolves? especially at a, a time in, in the off season where you don't really get like a, a long runway to go to before the season starts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The timing uh, to quote uh, the steel owner, Larry Robbins is not ideal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I had brought it up to him, uh, you know, and, and, and it actually was part of the decision-making process for my wife and I, you know, we, we've had a great experience with our family with the, with the steel for the last four years and the relationships that we have there. I think will be everlasting. And, and it, was, it was really hard to make that decision. Um, you know, That being said, the Steel have a great team for next season. They have a great staff. Um, they're going to be just fine. And it was an opportunity uh, for, for my career, for my family, with not having to move um, and being a part of two great organizations in Carolina and the, and the Chicago Wolves that we just felt like we could not pass up.
3: What was that talk like with the players when you let them know you were going?
1: Well, it, it was really tough. We, we, we did a great job as a staff and the Wolves in Carolina keeping it quiet. There was actually a tweet two minutes before our Zoom call. Um, I got uh, one of my former players that had moved on had texted uh, the old text group, but that came through right as uh, Larry and myself were, t- were telling the players. It, it, definitely emotional, um, but honestly, uh, I think it shows uh, the relationships that we've had with our players there vast majority of guys, I'd say everybody reached out, um, but very supportive, a lot of positivity from the group. So that was really nice uh, for, for me, uh, especially with just the emotions of leaving a place that you love.
0: Obviously, the goal at any level is to win, but you're going from the Steel, who were the class of the USHL. They wanted to win you know, a Clark Cup every season. You go to the Wolves, who have a long history. They are the reigning Calder Cup champions that's always their main goal along with the development. So how, you know, how is that kind of like a transition, knowing that like, hey, the goal here is yes, developing for the Hurricanes, but ultimately we want to repeat as Calder Cup champs.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, expectations for, for the Wolves and the organization and everybody involved is, is to win, right? Um, which is what we have done in Chicago the last, or with the Steel the last uh, four years. I think the reason we run, won with the Steel was because of how we developed our players. So I feel like both can be done, and I feel, I feel like winning is a byproduct of developing players the right way. Um, and that's the plan that I have with, with the staff that we have with the Wolves, to continue to do, do the things we've done in Chicago, th- uh, or with the Steel, I keep saying Chicago, it's confusing. <laughs> um, and, but also, I think, things that they've done with the Wolves. Um, and, and, and then, and then add, add, uh, add to what they've done from a development model, to be quite honest, you know, push the envelope, in, in in how their pros, Carolina's prospects are developing with the Wolves, going
2: into this now new coaching position from a from that perspective behind the bench, what kind of goes into your mindset changing from you know being being a coach and being a voice in the locker room full of teenagers yeah. to guys that are you know older, played in the professional ranks, uh, some for sometimes over a decade, played that long. How do you change that as a, as a coach to kind of adapt to this, the new environment you're going into? Yeah,
1: yeah. I think in the interview process I talked about this a lot and then talking to guys that I know have made this transition, uh, actually a couple of coaches that I know that have made the transition from the USHL with the, the national team and Seth Appert and, uh, to Rochester and Greg Moore with, with the Chicago Steel to the Marlies. Um, you know, my, my plan isn't to change who I am. I, I feel like no matter how old a player is, they want to get better. And, and if you can explain why you're doing something, you're gonna get those guys on your side and build those relationships immediately. Once September 12th, I'm in rookie camp in Carolina and then through the NHL camp into our camp with the Wolves. It starts October 3rd, that, that's my plan. With adjustments here and there, understanding that for some of these guys, I will be talking to adults that have played 10 years, 12 years of uh, pro hockey. On the other hand, a vast majority of the roster, especially this Chicago Wolves roster, it's gonna be ages that I've coached the last five years, or even if you look into college, the guys that are '96s, '97s that I coached previously, mm-hmm. that have grown up in an environment where in the summer they're getting a ton of individual t- attention, they're doing individual video, where they want that information. You know, that's what today's player wants, and um, the program I've been a part of the last four years, I think we've provided that at a high level, and I think there's a lot of transferables at the at this level, especially.
3: Is anything since your transition from the USHL to the AHL surprise you? Any sort of challenges that maybe you weren't expecting?
1: It, just the challenge for me right now is I expected to be coaching practice tomorrow. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, now it's just getting, uh, building relationships with the, with the new staff and then uh, getting ready to go to camp in Carolina on September 12th. Um, yeah, so they're really, I haven't got into the day-to-day, right? Um, I've been talking about what our schedule is going to look like. Um, really don't have, I have an idea what our roster is going to look like, but not, not in depth and starting, I haven't even started to dig into the, the players yet, which I will this week by watching video, but not, nothing yet has surprised me. Um, I did, I played pro hockey for six years. I understand it's a business. But at the end of the day, all these guys want to get better. They want to get to the next level and it's going to be my job to make sure that we're doing that to the highest level.
3: It's got to be an interesting change, you know, and I'm sure you'll have a probably better answer for this as the season goes on. But uh, with steel, you're not really answering to a higher program. Now you're sort of beholden to what the hurricanes want to yeah. do. How much have they been in your ear so far about even from not, you know, running a practice yeah. to systems you're going to deploy? You know, is it do they allow you to kind of do your own thing with the Wolves or do they want to have some sort of control on, you know, the systems that are played, where guys play, how often guys play? Yeah. How has that come about? Yeah, I think so far? this
1: is something what we've talked a lot about through the interview process. And if I was running an NHL program, I would not want there to be a certain amount of connection between the American league team right. and the NHL program. So that when guys get called up. There's a cohesiveness in how they play. They're connected to the style of play. Um, and, and in talking to Rod, uh brenda moore and talking to to Don waddell and and darren york like there's expectations that there's certain things in our game that will be similar the good thing is in watching the video there's a lot of similarities between how carolina plays and what we did with the steel it's not exactly the same there's there's different variances in, you know ozone or but as far as the identity of the carolina hurricanes which is playing fast aggressive on the forecheck the way they reload there's a lot of things i was watching video with the uh, the wolf staff on monday monday morning i was like man that looks exactly like we would do in the neutral zone or um so there's a lot of connection there and then for me as a coach i I find that's a good challenge to 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 broaden my knowledge and uh learn different ways to play the game there's not one way to do it the way that they've done it in carolina the last four years three or four years has been very effective you look at the way the wolves played last year um with ryan rosofsky as the head coach um connected to how carolina played there's a lot of fun watching the video i've watched so far so there's definitely communication at all times but i think it's our goal to make sure those players are ready when they, when they're needed to play up there, they're, they're not, they're, they're plugged right in and they're connected immediately.
2: It's interesting how the steel, the wolves and the hurricanes, all successful teams have played similar styles. It's interesting how that works out. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that
1: in today's game, you know, there's the, the, the skill and speed and talent of today's player. It's, it's amazing to watch, you know, and, and that's the stu- like, from a style of play, the, the pace of game, the way uh, how fast, how hard players work off the puck, whether it's to get pucks back or support their teammates, there's a lot of similarities there.
2: When you look at you know your experience playing professionally, um, how much do you pull from that now going to going into this role?
1: Yeah, I, I, I obviously I didn't play a ton at the American League. I spent time there, um, but I know I know at times talking to other pros as well. They, they feel like they, they didn't get better in their career. Uh, there's no reason that, that shouldn't happen. It, it's not just through playing games. Like, there's enough time um, in the schedule, the, the day-to-day schedule. It's a long season, but I, to get better. And that's something um, that I feel like, whether the, we have a 30-year-old veteran to try to extend his career, or we have a 20-year-old high-end draft pick, um, that's, that's what they want. And that's what I wish I had in my career, to be quite honest.
0: You mentioned uh, briefly Rob Brendamore, who's quickly become one of the most respected yeah. NHL coaches. Uh, you know, on a personal level, how how is that now knowing that you have him to work with and kind of sponge off of as you progress in your coaching career?
1: It's extremely exciting. It was uh, during the interview process, I think Rod and I talked like 30, 35 minutes, I can't remember, maybe 40 minutes um, on the phone. And just being able to go to camp September. Twelfth, I'll be there a couple of days early. Sit down with the Carolina staff, go through the, the details, the habits they're looking for, how they want to play, um, how they go about implementing these these things, seeing them interact with their players at that level. Like it's it's an it's an invaluable experience. I think um, like th- that, that alone made me almost like jump out of my chair when I, we were going through the, the interviewing process. I just uh, and any person that I've talked to uh, about about Rod is just. Had nothing but good things to say, and you see how his players play for him. Um, To see it firsthand, I think is going to be very exciting.
3: So, a lot of coaches have um, their own little methods of motivation or methods of team bonding. Like we see, the Bears' uh, new coach has the hits principle, which teaches his players like how to hustle and finish every play. And Joe Madden, when he was managing the Cubs, would have a petting zoo and all these sort of like bonding activities. What are some of the things you do as a coach? for your teams to start the season to get guys connected, feeling part of the team?
1: Yeah, honestly, we, I've never had uh, anything like that. It's more been just the day-to-day interaction, um, when it's the right opportunity, doing something as a team, um, making sure I communicate with our players as much as possible. Like that, I, I just think they just seeing me as a normal person and that I genuinely care, and there's nothing, there's nothing behind it. Basically, I want the player to get better. I think they feel it, and that's my honest – Honestly, that's my plan. Um, Just be who I am. Uh, Our door will always be open. I'll I'll be in the weight room with the guys. Uh, I'll stay on the ice late. You know, whatever they want to watch video-wise, I'll watch with them Um, and just get to know that we're all in this together. That was something I think we did an amazing job of at the Steel. Um, And at the pro level, I know it can be different, but I don't don't plan on changing that.
3: I think players can see through that stuff a little bit. You know some of the Bears players have been asked about it and they're, oh yeah, you know they roll their eyes about the whole thing and they get the whole idea of it. But I think, you know, I was reading um, some stories about you before uh, the interview began, and the thing that comes up in every story is communication yeah. and how the, the Hurricanes organization wanted someone who was going to communicate clearly with the players. And we had that, what we thought with the Blackhawks with Jeremy Colliton, but it turned out it was actually the opposite, and what. Players, I think play, anybody that works in any business yeah. from the leadership they just want honesty and clarity and let, let, you know know where you stand and and that seems to be a big part of the reason why the hurricanes trusted you and you can hired do you.
1: something with you might not like the information right you might love the information I give it like it, you can do something with it and then I, I I think one thing if you ask any of the players that have played played for me the last four years um, they, they genuinely feel like they're getting better because of that investment and then and then it, it, it kind of just feeds off of, off of it. Right. Like they, and, and they feel like you, they, they can feel that genuine care. Not that, not that you're going over the top. It's basically just saying, just being there when they need you and then making sure that you're pushing them to get better. And every player is different. And the only way that yeah. you can find that out is by actually talking to them. You know what I mean? And learn, Oh man, that does not work for this guy at all. Um, or this guy needs a little bit different approach. And I, can, I can get on this person a little bit more because that works for him. But you don't find that out if you don't ask the right questions and if you're not. Like, I, I, I try to, in one form or another, throughout the week, have some type of individual conversation. With a hockey team, it's very possible. Football team, yeah, not so much. It's a yeah. huge <laughs> roster. But with a, with a hockey team full of, at our level, we had, last year, we carried, like, 28. That's a lot of guys. You know, we'll have less with the Wolves. Um, I think it's more than doable with how how much you're at the rink. And I just think it just makes a big difference in getting them to invest in what you're asking them to do.
0: Well, we've got a lot of Blackhawks fans watching, so I'm going to get to the elephant in the room here. <laughs> uh, Hawks are definitely trying to get one of those top picks in next year's draft, whether they get to that point or not. But yeah. they're they're making it. They're paving the way to get one of those top three picks. They're doing their best. They are. <laughs> or is it their worst? I don't know what it, how you determine <laughs> it. But it's both. <laughs> there's some excitement as far as where the Hawks are going to pick next year. Obviously, Connor Bedard yeah. is the consensus number yeah. one. That's the proverbial pot of gold at the end of the losing yeah. rainbow this season. But if they don't get number one, they get number two or three. Yeah. There's Adam Fantilli sitting yeah. there. Nobody knows him better than yeah. you right here. You've he, yeah. you coached him the last two seasons. <laughs> if the Hawks were to draft him next year, how excited should Hawks fans be? What kind of player yeah. is he?
1: Man, they should be ecstatic. Um, <laughs> you know, we had Owen Power with the Steel. Obviously an elite player. You look at what he's already done with the Sabres. Um you know, Brendan Brisson, who's gonna play for Vegas. Uh, first-round draft pick, Matt Coronado, who will eventually, you look, if you watched him, you know, uh, at the World Juniors, him and Mackie two first-round picks, um, Matt with the Flames, Mackie with, uh, with, with Florida. You know, Adam Adam's talent level is ridiculous. I don't know if we've had a player with the pure physical talent that Adam Fantilli has, the way he skates, how explosive he is, the way he shoots a puck. Uh, like how the power forward the new age power forward that he actually is like how physical he plays the game of hockey compared to most players nowadays like just the way he's how strong he's on a puck finishes a check um, and then the improvements he made from from like a hockey sense cognitive standpoint the way he's seen the game at a much higher rate than he did when we first got him instead of being a one-on-one player i think his game is so translatable to the nhl Um, It's gonna be exciting to see what he does. He's playing hard hockey next year too. He's playing college hockey. He's not playing another year junior. (coughs) You know what I mean? Um, Which I think is gonna—he's playing against men. It's gonna—it's gonna gonna, whether he plays one or two years, it's gonna prepare him to come and be able to play. Uh, Owen Power, Kale McCarr, like you see these guys that have done that route or similar route. Um, Yeah, I would be jumping out of my seat if I'm if I'm a Hawks fan and you get them.
0: You mentioned he's, great. he's going to University of Michigan. There's kind of a discussion you have a lot with prospects that maybe it's better to go to college because you actually have more time to work on developing yeah. fewer games, so more practice time, more yeah. weight room time, stuff like that. Do you think for a guy like Adam going to a top college program is maybe a better option long-term than playing juniors? I
1: think long-term, it's, it's a, it was a great decision by him and his family um, and the people that are around him advising him. He's a late birthday. If he played major junior, this would be in his third year of junior hockey. It would be ridiculous. Like, he would destroy whatever league he's playing. If he played in the USHL, if he played in the OHL, like, it would have been comical, you know. Um, For him to play two years of junior hockey, play, you know, 62 games in a season, um, still have a, a mix of the development piece because, you know, we're playing just during the week. And then, and then instead of playing junior for a third year, go to college where he's going to grow up off the ice even more than he ever has, having to go to school, just the social aspect of things, which prepares him for life as a real human being besides a hockey player. <laughs> and then playing against men um, in, yeah, there's less games, but every game matters more in college. So it's a different experience than what pro will be, but he's had that pro is schedule, right, at junior. I think it's a great route, a great route that... You look more and more guys are doing. You could look at the steal right now, the two o sixes they tendered. Um, like those are guys that are first first overall picks in the Western League, and you know Michael Hague was ninth overall in the OHL. He would have gone top five. Yeah. Uh, well, we
3: both know he should have gone to Notre Dame, but whatever, <laughs> that's fine. Uh, we were talking to Drew Comesso at Blackhawks Development Camp, yep. and he was talking about making that jump to college and how uh you're talking about the off the ice development as a man but like even yeah. physically the facilities they have oh, man. at these giant colleges yeah. are nothing compared you know compared to what the junior teams have it's it's night and day yeah. so the physical growth he'll be able to he'll undergo yeah, and as they, well and in, they're when, able to be there in the stays. summer right yeah. like
1: they train in the summer they take summer classes um and that's the thing like adam is physically gifted and everyone says he is like, if you look at him, you would think he's physically tapped out. But from the stuff that we saw in Chicago and from some of the testing, like, he's not there yet. He's not a man. He's still going to get faster. He's still going to get more explosive, which is absolutely scary.
2: We got a question in our chat here uh, asking about uh, Adam Fantilli being able to be a legitimate center at the NHL level. You th- you, yeah, he's you a natural,
1: natural center. Like, he is I, – I just look at his off-the-puck play, how smart he was for us, um, with the way we played our D zone, where it's not center low – um, it's first forward back. He's able to play all three positions. Um, he's great on faceoffs, and you want that guy with the puck in the middle of the rink And then defensively, he is really good. Off-ball.
2: Strong, young, great at faceoff center sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds like, a, like a player that, that I drives a those lot guys. of
1: offense. Like you look at U- yeah. the U eighteen Canada team. Bedard was on it. Bedard scored seven goals. I think Adam had led the team in points in the tournament. Um, and he only scored one goal. But he drives the play, like he he drives the play.
0: You know, so kind of quickly circle back back to, you know, the AHL and the Wolves. You know, you mentioned earlier, Greg Moore. He was a yeah. coach of the steel before you. He took the got the same promotion as you yeah. did, to the, and then Ryan Hardy as well. Yeah both going with Toronto and the AHL. Have you, have you talked to them at all since yeah. then to kind of get a little, Hey, what, what's the deal here?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, Ryan is a great mentor, you know, great friend, same with Greg, uh, just kind of picking, picking their brain about the transition. What's different. Um, what, like for Greg, we've talked a lot. We still have a lot of conversations about what, from a practice standpoint, he changed. We haven't really got into that, but, um, I was more leaning on him about the opportunity or both of them and, there were there were such great uh people to lean on about what's the right next step and are these things in place like they were so supportive in the decision um and yeah i just think it, there's there's definitely going to be different challenges the good thing about working for the chicago steel is it's not like a normal junior program you were ran at a very high level there's a lot of people there's a lot of parts to juggle and from talking to greg it prepared him for and he works you know with the with the Toronto Maple Leafs, where they have the most resources, they have a, he has a lot of parts, to pieces to manage more than I'll have. So um, it was a good good preparation. Definitely working for the Steel. I haven't
0: de- dove into the schedule that much. Do you guys have Toronto on the schedule? We do not this year? Oh, that'd no, be too no, no, that was we the need, first thing I looked at. We need to do. That, we need yeah. to call. Last we need to call Springfield did. and say, "Hey, <laughs> I think I think the Ice Hogs are playing Toronto. Maybe we need to <laughs> switch that around. <laughs> a little bit. We need a, a we little need a Greg Moore versus
1: Brock. Yeah, Sheehan. I think the way it's set up. Playoff wise, it's obviously possible, so we'll see.
2: So we talked a little bit about um, you know a player that you used to coach at the Steel. When you look at the Wolves roster um, as it's constructed right now, I know you haven't really had a, a yeah. ton of time to work with the guys, but is there, is, is there a player that you're like really chomping at the bit to be able to you know help th- help them in yeah. their development? I, I
1: haven't dug into it honestly yet. Um, the first thing that comes to mind it would be Sealy, who played for Canada in the World Juniors. Just excited to have a player of that caliber in his first year. Um, and just that I'd be the first one that comes to mind. I thought he did great for Canada in, uh, in the world juniors, the, yeah. in the summer version of, the, world yeah, G- yeah. Of, of World juniors. So, uh, but other than that, I haven't really got too deep into it. I've seen like the possible roster. And yesterday I just got hooked up with all like the video software. So we haven't got that far yet where I dove into each player. Um, so once I, once I get into that, I'll have a better idea.
3: What's the difference in that sort of stuff? Like, you, you know, the, access to video yeah. and like that it's there's definitely different you know <laughs>
1: we, we've had access with the chicago steel the sport logic and and whatnot but you know carolina has their own analytics software that they've developed it's it was really cool to go through everything that they're looking for how they're you know developing their expected goal model as opposed to you know what, what i've seen or what we did in chicago um and just the amount of information that you can pull up on each player um I think analytics is a big piece of, of the game right now. I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. I think it's the, hockey is also has an art to it, so you have to be able to, to to blend both, but to be dismissive of the analytics side I think is also a mistake.
3: So, like, like be specific, right? So let's say, you know, it's it on your phone, on your laptop? Yeah. Okay, so you can open up your phone. You got everyone in a hurricane system on your phone, yeah, right? every single one. And time. you punch in Tevo Teravainen. <laughs> and is it, like – you know, here's his stats, and here's his video. Is it like yeah, it a every, bunch of video? Could, here's click. all his
1: zone entries for the year. Here's every <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, so it's really wow. cool. You know, or like how often does this player carry the puck into the zone, and then what happens from there? Like, you know, so I was looking, th- I got lost in it a little bit yesterday. <laughs> so it's an easy rabbit hole to fall. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah, like I know what I'm looking for for certain <laughs> positions, certain players. Um, I actually looked up Sean Farrell's season with us two years ago where le- we we're, were looking at his zone entries and it was amazing to see the balance, like something we talk about I was like, "Oh, I'd be interested to see with Sean, like, like how many cut-ups did he have, you know, how many times did he gain depth below the top of the circles and like the balance of his entries was amazing. It was pretty cool to see.
3: So how do you balance all that information? And also, like what you're observing from the bench and what you're observing, and like, yeah, c- can it be? I'd imagine it can be almost overwhelming with yeah, how much it, you
1: have. I think, well, like, that's a learning process for me. But we had stuff, we, we did things, we had Sport Logic in, in with the steel, which does you know the same type of stuff. Um, I would just know what I, you get used to what I, there's certain metrics that, that I think are indicative of how we're playing, and there's times where the emotion of the game can get in the way of what actually happened in the game positively or negatively. Yeah. So it allows you to, to step back and look at it and be like, Man, I thought we played really well at white. Actually, we did not play that well in that game. You know, we, we won the game, but really like we gave up way, Our expected goals was way too high, especially off the rush. Um, why was that? It, it, it leads to questions. And then it helps me for, for me, build practice and, and, and what we need to look at.
3: So know? as a coach, what is – when you imagine, like, what the fans have access to, you just mentioned exa- expected goals. Yeah. We're always looking at Corsi and Fenwick and yeah. uh, zone starts. To you, if, the, if there's one that really tells the story, yeah. which stat would that be? For me,
1: expected goals, scoring chances, however you, however you do that. Yeah. Not like, to, for me, that is. Like, it, not for everybody. But I would – the Chicago Steel, we got outshot all the time. I could care less of We had 40 shots. What's the quality – are we recovering those pucks? Are we now generating another high quality chance from that? Or are we taking wasteful shots? that are just turning into exits for the opponent um, or loss of possession for us. That, that's just a simple, I'm just going to stop right there. I, it's that's funny because <laughs> I, I
3: always thought, I was, a, I was a big believer in that. And I thought back to the uh, Hawks series against the Coyotes where Josa got hit by Torres. That, that whole series where the Hawks had like all the, like tons of shots on goal, but yeah. none of them were difficult. Yeah. And that sort of took my brain and said, "Well, stop focusing on the generation numbers yeah. and, and the quality of chances yeah, where, where, are where those where shots coming from." Yeah. They,
1: and like you can take a shot from a bad spot on the ice that might lead to sure. a high quality chance, but if there's no one around the net or you know it, there are one and done opportunities, it, it's useless, right? So, at times with the steal, we probably actually went too far to a. Like we were a very possession style team compared to say most NHL teams that our will resort to a lot of volume um but it was also the level and it it was helping facilitate our players being able to make plays at a high level and read the game so that that's something that i will have to adjust to a certain degree but i still truly believe that it's better to generate more high quality chances than to just have a lot of shots you can do both well yeah both would be great (laughs) that's (laughs) ideal
3: (laughs) All right, we got uh, one more question for you. I know we talked about Fantilly a little bit, but my mind's been uh, thinking about him a lot because I'm on board. I think the Hawks are not going to be the worst team in the league, which gives me fear that they will not get the first overall pick. So I've been thinking about Fantilly a lot. If there's an NHL player now that you could say is a pretty solid comp to him, what would it be well, or who it, would it be? It I depends,
1: guess? right? Like it, if he hits, I think he has some McKinnon in him. I really believe that. I, 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 I really do. If you watch, like, the pace that he plays with, the physicality that he has, like, is he there yet? No, but he could be. What's his floor? Well, that's <laughs> – uh, and I think that's a great question. You know, that, I got to ask that question a lot about prospects. Like, look at any NHL team. How many first-rounders are on the fourth line? It's right? a good point. Yeah, that's true. Line. Like, there's teams that are built with first-round draft picks. It's – well, he plays for you. You know what I mean? Like, he's in your top nine, no matter what. No matter what. I'll take it. I'll take a Nathan McKinnon.
0: Yeah, that's he I just I His, his, his motor
1: good. is just too high. Yeah. His natural skill set is too high from like a, for him to not play. If, if that there's makes one, any sense. If there's I mean? one
3: thing he needs to maybe improve at, what would it be?
1: Yeah, I think that it's something that, that he's gotten better at that would be just – his ability to use his sometimes he goes 2 one on one, you know what I mean, because he has those physical tools and will that translate? Um, what I've seen in with the steel is he's been able to make plays and use his teammates and 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 um, expanded his hockey sense in, in a way. I think
3: that that's it's interesting you say that because we saw another number three overall pick, Kirby Doc sort of had trouble with that. You can't win the one on ones in the NHL. Yeah, now and again, you know you'll be able to win a one-on-one, but he kind of depended on that too much, and I think that hockey sense was kind of the last thing to come about for him, so it's yeah. interesting you say that, and I think when we talked last time, we talked about you know, guys working their way up. USHL players have been the best player on their team their whole life. Yeah. Then they make it to the USHL, and then those guys get weeded out. Yeah. Then they go up and they get weeded out. It's learning to adjust to those higher levels, and it yeah. sounds like Fantilli's on his way to figuring that yeah, out. Yeah, we
1: forced him to, yeah. and he, the best part about Adam is he recognized it and he's not, he's not a stubborn – like, he wasn't a stubborn player. Like, he, you give him something to work on, he'll try to add it to his game. You know, he couldn't kill penalties for us as a first-year player. <clears throat> he might have been our best penalty killer as a second-year player for us. There's guys that I've had that are high draft picks that we could not kill. You know, like, we tried and worked with them, and, but if they don't want to do it, if they don't have the ability to add those layers, they won't do it. You know, he, he did it, wanted it went after it like, It wants to be a complete player and he, is he done yet none of these guys are done right and the best thing about a guy like him is like he will you have to kick him off the ice he's gonna he's gonna work at it
3: all right lawrence we gotta save this audio uh for next spring in case it happens <laughs> fingers crossed brock Sheehan, thanks for being our guest we got the wolves promotional schedule here uh came out today sunday march 18th bobblehead giveaway it doesn't say who Have you been a bobblehead before? And if not, are you looking forward to it?
1: I I, I would say it's not me. (laughs) There's 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 there's, there's a lot of wolves legendary players. I'm I'm sure it's one of them.
3: Oh, we got to make it happen. Chris Cook is here. He brought uh, Brock in. Uh, You remember Chris from the Blackhawks beat for years. You got to make a a a Brock Sheen bobblehead happen. Um, Of me. You're going to need a bigger head. <laughs> I don't think there's enough clay in It'll the be, world for a bobblehead for me, but uh, that would be a lot of fun. custom bobblehead there. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be just a head, just yeah. a box with a head in it, which is what everybody wants. Brock, thanks for being here, man. We thanks appreciate it. Guys. It's always great seeing you. Good luck with the season. I'm sure we'll see you around Rosemont and elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Go get them, man. Thanks. Awesome.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Brock.
3: Want to remind Mark. everybody, as always, we're brought to you by Points Bet Sportsbook, and they are counting down the days until the football season with a new offer every day until the season kicks off. So from now until September 8th, PointsBet Power Hour unlocks a new daily offer from noon to 12 p.m. Central. That's every day from now until September 8th. So what do you need to do? Very simple. Download that PointsBet app. When you do, sign up with the code CHGO. When you do that, you're also gonna get risk-free bets up to two grand. Don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. But that's not all. Make a $51 or more first-time deposit, and you'll receive a free CHGO membership. That gets you all of our great web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you missed it yesterday, the brand-new QB1 design is out. Go to chgolocker.com to check that one out. It looks awesome. Download the PointsBet app today. Use the code CHGO to take advantage of this limited-time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. And if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call one eight hundred Gambler for crisis counseling and referral services. Woo! That was fun. Good stuff. Yeah, you know, like, good. I just like talking hockey with hockey people. Yeah, you know, I I am,
2: I I do like that. You said uh, you followed up on the like. Be specific. Yeah. Like <laughs> I wonder, what, I, what I was hoping be... he would
3: take his phone out and show us, but that might be <laughs> yeah, asking too much. Yeah. But. Uh, Selling the secrets, just yeah. the amount of data, and especially since you know NHL players have been started wearing like the trackers on yeah. the back of their jerseys. How that started where up? Every yeah. shift and every stride is measured. It's got to be, for like as a coach, it's got to be overwhelming to mm-hmm. have this much data at your hands. And and like Brock said. You're watching a game, you think you play pretty well, and you open up the app and you're like, whoa, that was hot garbage. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we really did not play that well and don't deserve that win. But I think also, like, with that knowledge comes the, but I should trust my eyes a little bit. Yep. Right? Like, maybe the zone entries weren't great because he was going in against Victor Hedman and not Mm -hmm. random... Riley Stillman, (laughs) right. You know, like there's, there's factors that make a difference. So I, I just think that's really interesting and how, especially hockey in such a short time has made such a big jump analytically. They've been really behind. They still are behind the other sports. And that's why Jeff Greenberg was brought into the, to the Blackhawks to kind of catch the Hawks up in that analytic department. But uh, it's interesting to see how big of a jump has been made in such a short time.
2: Well, and you think about just how much is available to the general public. Um, as far as that information and, and, and where, you know, the um, I hate to use the term analytics community because it's, it's all intertwined now, right. But how analytics have, how it's been used in hockey and, and especially how it's kind of educated to a certain degree, the, the, the fan base uh, generally of, of hockey and, and how it's made people watch the game differently Um, it's, it's crazy how that, how that has changed over the years. And I, I too of am of the sense that like analytics and how they break down the game are very important to an extent. If you, if you only look at numbers and, uh, you know, you know, you're not really taking into like Brock said, taking into consideration, the game, the flow of a game, the emotion of a game and, Mm -hmm. and how things, and how things, um, unfold in the moment, it's, you, only get a, 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 you only get a certain degree of the story that, that those numbers are telling. So I think that there's, there is a lot to it. It's brought a lot of value. But I think if you only look at charts, graphs, numbers, whatever, and you, and you base, and, and I, I was re-listening to our episode Monday, from Monday, where we were asked about Seth Jones being a top 20 uh, NHL defenseman. And I feel like coming into last season, I think a lot of the narrative around a player like Seth Jones got muddied up because yep. not necessi- he didn't have the most beautiful charts and graphs, and therefore, oh, a chunk of the hockey uh, world was just like, look at these numbers. He's no good. He's not worth his contract extension. That's when you have to kind of take into yeah. to consideration – game flow what's he do what's he do that doesn't show up uh and, and and in certain situations so I think there's yeah I I'm I'm glad that Jay you kind of had Brock uh talk a little bit more about that and how much it goes into you know breaking down a player and and teaching them how to how to develop what to work on and everything like that
0: yeah it, that's <clears throat> that's the trick these days and not just hockey but all sports is finding that fine line of eye test and the analytics you need right. both like numbers are numbers but you got to have context for those numbers right. like you can just look at a guy's stats you've never watched play and be like you could base your opinion on if he's good or not by those numbers right. but those numbers have a context to them. like as, as Brock kind of alluded to like a shot on goal is not just a shot on goal is it a good shot it is it is it a, does it have a shot a chance to go in you know, if you if you see a stat and you say, "Hey, the Blackhawks were outshot forty-one to ten, they probably lost that game five to nothing. Then you go, "Oh wait, they won two to one." Well, yeah, because maybe they had four danger scoring chances and they cashed in on two of them, where right. the opponent had forty-one shots, but only one of them was a high like. Mm-hmm. So there's that's where the analytics come in i think some people get turned off because it's like oh you're just a a nerd with his graphs and charts and you just want to look at numbers no analytics is more of it's right there in the word it's analyzing the numbers and putting them into the proper context saying it yeah to the naked to just the naked eye looking at these numbers it doesn't look good but because we're able to break it down it's not as bad as it looks or maybe it's worse than it looks yeah sure like there's there's every shift is different. Every shot is different. Every block is different. Like, how you got to put it all in the context. And that's where the analytics comes in is putting a player's performance in the proper context so you can kind of say, how does he perform against other top line players versus how does he perform when he's out there against the fourth line? You would hope those numbers would be a little bit different. I think one of the uh, best.
2: Oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay, um, I think one of the best examples of. Um, Analyt, uh, how analytics only go a certain go only go uh, a certain distance in telling the story is um, most hockey analytic models do not value Patrick Kane because he has no value defensively, right. and so when you look at like like a, a, a player's you know expected war or whatever in in, in hockey, Patrick Kane is like at, in the in the bottom ten percentile. Well, yeah. You don't pay Patrick Kane $10.5 million to play defense. You pay him that much to go score 20, 30, 40 goals and 100 points. Like, that's what his value is. So you're not going to say, oh, he's one of the bottom 10% of the league value-wise. No. He's a top 15, top 20 player in the entire
0: league. He's there to win heart trophies, not selkie trophies.
2: Exactly. So it's, it's, it's intru- I, I, I always love when people put up like on, on Twitter, like, Patrick Kane's, like, graphs and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, okay. He's he's trash defensively, but he's one of the well, best offensive yeah.
0: players. The, the pure offensive point, like, players in the league. 32 NHL GMs will take him on yeah, his team. In a exactly. Game. And yeah. even
3: for him offensively, you know, I've talked to players in the past who have said it, it can be difficult playing with Kane because he's so good and so like you don't think a pass is going to be on your stick, if you look down and the puck's going past. You're like,
2: shit. He's not looking <laughs> at you, and then half second later, you yeah. have the puck. Yeah. But, he,
3: but Kane's <laughs> offense is also predicated on him having the puck and generating one or two excellent scoring chances, he's not just going to pepper the net with shots. Right. He's going to weave his way through, stick handle through, either pass or shoot once he's created a one-and-done opportunity, but a really good one-and-done mm-hmm. opportunity. And that's the context that Greg's talking about, right? Oh, yeah. Patrick Kane's not looking to crash the net and generate a bunch of shots on goal that are just going to you know, get absorbed by the goalie. He's looking for that one perfect look either from himself or from the person he's passing to. Look at DeBrinket. Look at Panarin. Mm -hmm. Look at the goals those guys scored from Patrick Kane putting the perfect pass in a perfect place at the perfect time. It's a one and done, and that's not going to show up in the possession numbers. It's going to show up where it matters on that giant jumbotron. Yeah, exactly. By the way, 12 minutes ago, now 14 minutes ago, uh, TSN Hockey on Twitter published a story about Adam Fantilli. He talked Uh to Mark Masters. Adam Fantilli, a top prospect in the 2023 NHL draft, models his game after Nathan McKinnon ah. with a blend of Patrice Bergeron.
2: I mean, hey, if you want to mel- meld together two uh, players and uh, be effective at both ends of the ice, Nathan McKinnon and Patrice Bergeron, you... If, if Can't it, think of two two better ones to put I together. Mean, if he hits that, that's that's a Hall of Famer. If I he think. hits one of those <laughs> <Yeah>. two, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> right. like, he's yeah. a he's Man. a perennial All Star. All I gotta
0: say is we are just driving the content around the hockey world these days, aren't yeah. we? You know, we it's, get, like, it's just we so funny how this weird. all seems to like emanate from this
2: studio. Mark Masters <laughs> yeah. must have been watching us and say, "Ah, it's a good idea." Ha, yeah. <laughs> here's a story. Yep.
3: That's exactly how
2: it uh, happened. Oh, but check that he out. I'm going to watch it like when three I get days home too. It looks He's
0: not alone in that that category. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if these are Oh, but these are region locked. <laughs> no, the
0: articles are, are usually Are they it's videos? The, it's the videos. The, these can, are video. Oh, the, these the, are video. Uh, the
2: interviews. videos are usually content Yeah, which is uh, so silly. Geo locked. Like,
0: suck at Canada? Yeah. I know you hate American hockey teams, but there are fans down here that wanna get your content too. I mean, Oddly well, enough, the ads are not region locked. Funny, no, of course not. Oh, that's
3: the worst yeah, way. Yeah, you, you gotta watch a thirty second ad, ad to then be told you can't watch the video. Yeah. I'm trying to watch where I hit play, so I will let you guys know in sixteen seconds if you'll be uh, able to yes. watch it or well, not. You just need sixteen seconds almost like, enough time to score
2: two goals. Uh, what are those what's the it's not ISP or VPN? What, VPN. Yeah. That's yeah. what you gotta figure that out. Oh, I've got those. Those are very easy to get. Yeah, so you can watch.
0: Illegally watch other hockey games. You could mm-hmm. sneak oh, around years. the Geo block. Oh, it's working. Yeah. Oh, look oh, at that. It All is right.
3: working. There All right. you go. Well, before Canada takes it down, go watch that on uh, after this show, of course. <laughs> yeah, we'll be- I retweeted it from my personal account. I will tweet the story as well oh. from the CHGO Blackhawks Twitter account. And if you're not following it, now is the time. Do it. At CHGO underscore Blackhawks. And did you get over 5,000 yesterday? Yes, we're at 5,002. Nice. Nice. It was a little... There you for go. Cross the threshold nice yesterday. yesterday. Very good. Yeah.
2: I, I, you know, I, I think we we pay so much attention or have so far this offseason to Connor Bedard and the goal of of getting the best odds at the first overall pick and hopefully landing the first overall pick for the Blackhawks that we sometimes forget. We say, like, oh, yeah, or they might get Matvej Michkov or Adam Fantilli. We sort of forget that those two players – are in any other draft class the number They're one the prospect exactly so yeah. so hearing you know hearing a guy like like uh, Brock Sheehan, who's coached Adam Fantilli two seasons uh, already as he has made a name for himself in the 2023 draft class um speak about you know his work ethic his his uh his his mind his physicality just the the complete player that he is and say like at worst, he's in your top nine. I mean, that, that there's not many players that you can say uh, can are like that. And so, you know, if uh, the, the term consolation prize, I think we've we've mentioned a few times before, it's almost <laughs> disrespectful to a right. player like Fantilli, who
0: it's one hell of a consolation, who player. is
2: like, yeah. I mean, and who knows as this as this year goes on, as we saw with Shane Wright. Sometimes mm-hmm. the consensus number one drops a little bit, and well, you get, the, the gap between Bedard and Mitchkov and Fantilli could could shrink a little well, bit. You're already hearing some of that from
0: not pundits, former but on Twitter,
2: former former NHL yeah, scouts, or, or
0: just fans would be like, former. "Whoa, Connor Bedard didn't have a point in the gold medal game. I don't think he's that good." Like sure. you're going to hear that a lot. Like if, if Connor Bedard doesn't score 300 points this season. People he might. are going to be like, so he might. <laughs> he might. But let yeah, slip. Uh, let him
2: slip. You know the uh, the old the unofficial CHGO, uh, currently unofficial, maybe official, but the currently unofficial CHGO road trip to South Bend in November to watch uh, Slagert Rolston and Nazar. We'll
0: also get to see Fantilli.
2: Yep. So that'll yeah, be uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be that'll be a good game to go and see.
0: If you are enjoying our prospect discussion here, then tomorrow's show is going to be all for you guys because uh, yeah, Corey Pronman of the Athletic will yep. be joining us on our Thursday show. We'll definitely we'll talk about the current state of the Blackhawks prospect uh, pool right now, but I'm sure we can get into. We'll some. We'll dive
2: into. We can
0: ask him what who uh, if he believes that Adam Fantilli will be the next Nathan McKinnon uh, and, and talk about the Bedard and all that fun stuff. I, I I love the prospect stuff, especially for where the Hawks are right now. Just a quick question in the our, – our guy Michael asked that he's going to go to Rockford for a few games this year. Nice. Uh, asking for hotels. I've never stayed in a hotel in Rockford. I've always come right back. But I do know there is a fairly new, within the last couple of years, Embassy Suites about 500 feet from the front gate of – the BMO Harris center doesn't get any more convenient. Like you literally roll out of your room into your seats. So check that out. If you're going to head out there and no Roy's just
3: rage says, Hey guys, I should just try or should I try and get a bedard signature on my Hawks hat? I got my tickets for the season. Yes. Go oh, yeah, Go for it. I mean, even if he's not a Hawk, it's still a valuable signature. Yeah. That's for damn sure. So yeah. Absolutely. Because if you
0: don't get it and then the Hawks don't get him, it will be your fault.
3: Yep, we will blame you 100%.
2: Or just, you know, bring just a blank puck just in your back pocket just in case. Yeah, there you go. Get the the Hawks hat signed, and then here, can you also get this puck for me just in case you don't land in Chicago.
3: By the way, uh, Noel Roy just reminds me, we have had uh, such incredible feedback over the last, like, week— from people on twitter oh, yeah. and on i yeah. mean really thank you all for the kind words like appreciate it um this off season has not been as challenging content wise as we had maybe feared it would be um <laughs> but still hearing that from you on august 31st uh that means a lot you know mm-hmm. like we we had very little hockey season left when the show got off the ground and uh we really kind of built things during the off season. very
2: little fun things to talk about yeah too, exactly so
3: so thanks for all the kind words, all the kind comments. No Roids, Just Rage uh, was one of the people doing it. Uh, and I saw the other was uh, Frank Nazar for Calder 2024. Is the yeah. Twitter name?
2: The, yeah, the no op- pressure.
3: The official
2: uh, Calder <laughs> campaign for Frank Nazar is a, is a fan it's of the show. So we we appreciate that.
3: It's a good time to remind you, though, if you are really enjoying what we're doing, uh, a great thing to do is to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts because a four-star review is basically a zero-star review. Um, so five stars, please. Uh, and make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever. Make sure you're subscribed. Turn on those notifications. And uh, make Subs- sure if you're on YouTube, yep. where a lot of you are right now, smash that like button. Smash we would it. greatly appreciate that. And, uh, of course, subscribe to our YouTube page. Also, and uh, we got on the screen here the new Justin Fields. Uh, can I say his name when discussing the shirt? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's. <laughs> hey, a lot he's you know, he's what, in our ad reads that he, are going to be. You're yeah, going to hear sure. about Justin Fields in a second here. Oh so. yeah, that's right. So <laughs> grab segue. that shirt chgolocker.com, or of course if you join PointsBet, make that fifty-one dollar or more first sign deposit with the code chgo, you will get a free chgo membership, and you could pick the shirt of your choice. We recommend the Black Hawks one, of course. But yeah. if you want to get uh, one of the Bears ones in time for the season, any of them, go for them. They're all great. They're all wonderful. I have, I think, six CHGO shirts now. Nice. So I just got one the other day when we had our summer the sale. The so collection jump on is that.
2: expanding.
3: Work uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. Tax write off. There you go. <laughs> there you so go. Write it off. Yeah. Speaking there of uh,
2: speaking of Justin Fields and and the good things he does as Lawrence, there is showing you the Chicago sky. Uh, shirts is, is for tonight, our sky. tonight uh, yeah. big yeah. game. Yeah, game two. Best big of big five game two. series, yeah. right? Yeah, big game two big for one. the Sky. Do I mean, you call this guy. game
3: pivotal?
0: I think it's pivotal. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I mean, it seems if you're so,
2: down to 0-2 in a best of five. You're not in a good, good. spot. So. Not
0: ideal, but uh, the the sky proved in the first round. I know it's a step up in class a little bit, but they yeah. proved that like, hey, let's not sweat that first game so much. So we'll yeah. see what kind of response. I mean, the yeah. last time I lost the game one, they made history the next game. So. Not predicting that, but I think we're getting a big bounce back from our from our sky today. I'm gu-
3: guaranteeing a sky victory tonight. There it sky in four, you go. baby. Headlines. Headlines.
2: He says with the uh, recrowned sky Skytown towel over, yep. his, uh, over his shoulder I, for there. For a
0: second there, I thought I was sitting next to Mark Messier. That's, that's how That's how that <laughs> I'm oh.
3: shaving my beard, not my head. <laughs> ah, there you go. I might not come back. <laughs> All right, tell us about
2: Justin Fields. All right, Justin Fields. Well, it's not necessarily just... About Justin Fields but it is about what fuels Justin Fields and that is Owen spelled O-W-Y-N it stands for only what you need it is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works just as hard as you do all of Owen's products are free of artificial ingredients they are allergen friendly they don't contain any gluten or dairy and are thus easily digestible again Justin Fields is a purveyor of the Owen products it has helped him become QB1 here in Chicago, the inspiration for the newest CHGO uh, Bears shirt. So if it's good enough for Justin Fields, it should be good enough for you. And to make it easy to get your hands on some Owen, uh, CHGO and Owen are partnering up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off of your first purchase when you go to liveowen.com and use the promo code CHGO20. That's 20% off at liveowen.com with CHGO20 as the promo code for your first purchase. So be like Justin Fields, get yourself some Owen. Again, that's O W Y
0: N only what you need. I try not to get like fall for it every year with my Bears optimism. Here's. But uh you know, seeing what Justin Fields was able to do in the preseason, it's hard not to at least be excited for him. Oh, yeah. uh, I was list, got here early enough to catch the second half of our Bears show with Adam and Kevin, and they were just saying, "Hey, Adam was saying this is." He gave me exactly what I wanted to see from him, so it's exciting. I'm not like predicting 17 and 0 just yet, but maybe having
2: um, a having a team that is going to try and build around the quarterback is a good idea in this it, day it and age is. in the NFL.
0: It is, uh, and it's exciting. And bear yeah. season is right around the corner. Hockey season is almost here. That means the NBA is almost here. Baseball playoffs are right around the corner. Probably not for any Chicago teams. <laughs> or some teams. But for other, for almost, like what do they got? Like 18 teams in the MLB playoffs now? How many go? I believe goals? it's 14. or, or That's too out many. I don't way know. Way too many. Anywho. I only have room for hockey. Exciting times. Hockey's almost here. Football's almost here. Baseball playoffs. NBA and if you want to get decked out in your favorite officially merchandise team gear, go check out our friends over at Foco because they have got the best sports gear around. And it's not just apparel; they've got everything from hoodies to signs, slippers, bobbleheads, back to the bobbleheads. There you, know, you go. They're everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Check out our buddies at Foco. Job. You want to get decked out like your. You want to get decked out like Justin Fields, all Bears head to toe. You want to get decked out, hopefully like Connor Bedard or Adam Fantilli next year, Blackhawks head to toe. Head over to Foco F O C O dot com and check them out. If you're watching on YouTube, again, smash that like button. But scroll down. There's a link to Foco right there in the description, so you can follow that link and hook yourself up with some great merchandise. Ahead of the fall. Beat the fall rush. Get your hoodies and jackets now yeah. before you, they're hard to find at your favorite store or website. Once again, that's Foco, F-O-C-O.com. And as a special bonus for being a CHGO listener, use the promo code CHGO at checkout, and you'll receive 10% off all non-sale items at checkout. Good stuff. Fall is
2: definitely upon us. I went and got a coffee uh, before the show. No, I, I I asked for a specific flavor, uh, brown sugar cream cold brew, and I was pushed the pumpkin the pumpkin uh, cold brew, and I said no, I am not. It's not September yet. Pumpkin is not officially <laughs> you got, a flavor got, yet. What? for this guy?
0: You've got One about ten hours left yep. before you can do the pumpkin spice. Yes, at midnight I
2: will have a bowl of pumpkin spice Cheerios <laughs> in my pumpkin spice <laughs> oat milk with my sweater and. I'm,
0: I'm not anti-pumpkin. Yeah, spice. like what you yeah. like. I like it in train. small doses and certain things. I love pumpkin pie. Sure. I don't mind a pumpkin spiced coffee every once in a while, as I'm long as it's not overpowering. Person. I'm not a big co- flavored coffee guy, but I don't mind it if it's like a hint of. I don't want mm-hmm. it overpowering. Not a big want, pumpkin person. I'm, it's it's fine when like I'm in the mood for it. I like
2: carving a pumpkin, you know.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like
3: what we talked about yesterday. It's not. It's it's not so much the actual product it's the people that enjoy it that bother you <laughs> it's like pumpkin spice culture is annoying yeah it whereas is a pumpkin very, spice is actually pretty damn yeah, good.
0: pumpkin spice <laughs> is fine i just it's one of those things where you're like i don't want to admit that i'm having a pumpkin spice yeah. coffee because i don't want to get called basic by some 14 yeah. year old on exactly. twitter i'm, I'm more so of a basic. scary spice and guy i'm as myself. basic as they get i'll be the first to admit it. i just don't want that to be out there <laughs> all right I'm we're wrong gonna wrong
3: wrap things up reminder knowledge. tomorrow 1 the athletics Corey pronman talking all things prospects and potential draft prospects as well. Don't miss that show. And a little bit of breaking uh, baseball news here. Oh. According to Bob Nightingale, Tony La Russa will be out indefinitely while undergoing uh, medical testing with his doctors in Arizona. Uh, the CHGO Sox podcast will be all over that tonight. Oh. They're on at 630 and also uh, for post game. So make sure you don't miss that show with that bit of news here. Uh, what else we got? Anything else? We need I to- have a quick thought. Yeah. Lawrence has a quick thought.
2: Uh, is it true there's cake here?
3: I did see cake. There's a lot there of cake, cake, cake over there. There yeah, is cake there's here. Cake. Yes. Should
0: of, we talk there's, about the cake? There's, there's, there's cake. Big, oh, look at that right the there. Oh. My, uh, I'm, I'm wrapping up my weekly trivia nights this week, and this was from my uh, my regulars on my Tuesday night crew in Edison Park. Uh, my better half, Stacy, was was the operation manager of this project, but a very, ah, nice. very nice gesture from my Tuesday night folks on awesome. uh, my last trivia weekly trivia night there. So, yes, and you guys are going to reap because there is a ton of cake. Yeah, I'm looking forward and to it. It's over that. there in the kitchen. Yeah. Grab some so I don't have to take the containers home. I've been stuck <laughs> at this desk for like three hours now. It's so going to be worth the wait. You can there. have like multiple pieces. There's a lot there. No, not that. that. Marble cake with custard from the jewels. <laughs> yeah. it's oh, from the jewels? You know from it's from the the good, jewels, my friend. Get- I was a little
3: afraid because the last person that sent us food here might be trying to poison us now. So, uh, <laughs> I was just gonna, I was steering clear of any food, I did not verify its origins. No, I had two pieces last night, and I'm still breathing. So, all right, good. It's, it's, a, good. it's a sheet cake from the jewels, my friend. <laughs> How can exactly you go right wrong? Good. It tastes like bratwurst. Oh, uh,
2: also want to mention, uh, if you missed it earlier this morning, Blackhawks released the information for the Tom Curvers, yes. uh, rookie showcase, which will be happening here in town September 14th to the 18th. There are Three practices scheduled, two games scheduled. They will be the Blackhawks uh, rookies and prospects against the Minnesota Wild rookies and prospects. All of the festivities are open to the public and free. So uh, if you want to check out some of the future Blackhawks and some of the guys that we've been uh, fawning over over the last few weeks as we look to the future in Chicago, they will be here and they will be taking on the wild prospects and that'll lead right into training camp, which isn't official yet, but... Uh, as we said yesterday, will likely happen shortly after that uh, Rookie Showcase wraps up. It's
0: all starting. Before we know it, it's going to be October. Yep. And, that and that, that summer be. that we thought was going to drag on
2: sure came and went by oh, real bye. fast. Yes, it did. Uh, <laughs> by
0: the way, Tom
3: Curver's uh, prospect showcase at the Fifth Third Arena, not the United Center. Yes. So don't show up uh, They are undoing the painting we did yesterday. <laughs> like, God, what did toddlers do this? Yikes. Uh, anyway, check out yesterday's show, by the way. We had a lot of fun talking about uh, a good time. some great sports experiences we've had uh, reflecting on our opportunity to paint the United Center Ice. So if you missed it, go watch it. If you didn't, join us tomorrow for Corey Pronman, 1.30 p.m. Prospects, prospects, prospects. It's going to be a good time. Thanks to Lawrence for spinning the dials. We're going to go eat some cake. Thanks for listening and watching the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.